what's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Before we get into this new episode, I just want to say it's almost been a year since we started this show, and I'm so grateful for all the cats who've been listening, who's tuned in, subscribed, spread the word, um, and I'm so happy about all the guests that I've had on the show. So in celebration, I'm dropping the first ever piece of merch, a Fun With Dumb t-shirt with the logo. Uh, you could get it in two colors, the logo in pink or yellow on a white t-shirt. Uh, man, thank you guys so much. This is just, uh, uh, I want to thank everybody who's tuned in. And I haven't made any money off this shit, um, but I just love doing it. And uh, anybody who, you know, cops a t-shirt, this will help just further improve the show, keep it more consistent. Uh, maybe get some new equipment. I don't know what we could do to improve this shit, like throw some ill-ass props or something on here in this on the set. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody who's tuned in. We're quickly approaching the 50th episode. And man, I couldn't be any happier with all the guests we've had on this fucking show. And it's only going to get crazier and better. So go right now to dumbfounded.com and purchase a t-shirt. I would greatly appreciate it. www.dumbfounded.com. We'll put the image or the text over here. You can check it out. And uh, cop a t-shirt before we run out. Peace. Yo, what's good, yo? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Uh, today's guest I met through one of my best friends, Aquafina, uh, one night, I think, close to, just like during that time where all the press, like Crazy Rich Asians press was happening, one night I was at my bar in Koreatown, like the, the spot that I usually go to, and uh, Aquafina just brought like the whole cast of like Crazy Rich to that bar, and it was just weird seeing, because it's like a shitty little dive bar in Koreatown, you know, so it was like weird seeing the it's whole cast. It's not at all, we talk about, it's well, the it's piazza great. of uh, Koreatown, it man. It is, it's great, it's great. Yeah, uh, you're downplaying, you're I don't know humble. Why yeah, humble. I don't know why I'm shitting on yeah, my yeah, own yeah, bar. Yeah. It's trying like, to be humble. No, man, it's, 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 it, it was a great bar, it's good yeah. vibes as well, and uh, I good think food. oftentimes great food, but I mean, uh, oftentimes late night, you just want to go somewhere you can have a conversation, right? Especially when you're with friends. So I picked up on that vibe immediately because that's what I look for in New York, for sure, or for anywhere, sure. any city. I mean, after after I do shows, I'm always like, yo, where's the quiet spot we right. can have a conversation? And let me take that back because you know <laughs> the owner loves me by the way, and I'm yeah. just like, this shitty bar, blah blah blah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's a great bar, and um, that's why I met you, and uh, yeah, man, um. I was familiar with you on the Daily Show, and but I wasn't familiar with you on your stand-up stuff until I like looked it up. Oh, and, right. and more videos, I feel like just have surfaced more of you doing stand-up sure. after that, and you know all right. that stuff. But uh, I'm here with Ronnie Chang of is that did I pronounce that right? Sure, Chang? Ronnie Chang, yeah, Ronnie Chang um, uh, of the Daily Show and um, stand-up comedian. How you doing? Sir? Hey man, thanks for having me. What a beautiful creative space you have here. Thank you, bro. I love the, I love the creative. Um, like office space you yeah know? random toys like a uh, kim jong-un crying <laughs> yeah uh, we got donald trump here i got astro the, boy the yellow ranger you got yellow ranger one of the ogs of uh, <laughs> representation <laughs> asian representation <laughs> og right there yeah um uh, i think she was vietnamese too actually yeah and um no I, i'm always interested in people's creative spaces because it's always very personal right and it's always very like you know the you, you want your creative space to have a good vibe to make stuff and so right. it's always cool to come into someone else's yeah well what's i mean what's your what was your creative space is just like do you work out at home Fuck, like man. coffee shops or what is Dude, it my creative spaces are the worst uh like <laughs> the worst no they're you know they're, they're open mic rooms and you're right because i write a lot on stage 
Oh, so okay. my creative space is on stage in front of strangers. Is it like freestyling stuff and seeing what might work? Yeah, or? I, I can only imagine it's like, I never thought of it that way actually, but yeah. I can only imagine it's like freestyling. Well, there's there's as far as I know, there's two ways of doing stand-up comedy. You either prepare like extensively beforehand right. or you or you uh, go on stage with just rough ideas and work it out and work it out and I I, I work out on, work it out on stage I can't oh, really work, really yeah I can't I can't do it I can't write the thing um, like word word, right. word for word but you'll write you'll write a thought out like you're yeah. out and about you find yeah. something funny you're like okay yeah, yeah. and just put one line yeah you write a punchline or you write a I premise and then you go on stage and my thing is. Well, this the standard practice would be the the textbook way to do it would be you do the uh the n- old material, new material, old material sandwich. Right. So you you so you just you hide any bad jokes in between or or new jokes that you're unsure of in right. between stuff that you know will work so that it's, you know, you have the confidence to test it out. Well, let me let's take it back. Like, when Please. did you start doing stand up like in general? Uh uh I started March two thousand nine. I actually have a video of my very first. Oh, so like you, set. you just kind of hit the ten year mark. Of yeah, that I did, which I, is great because the ten year people is like always ten thousand hours. Ten years, yeah, which, is like how you master the craft. Yeah, right? ma- ma- as, as according to Macklemore and uh, <laughs> right. uh, but oh, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> I Malcolm Gladwell. That, well, apparently, it's an urban myth that ten thousand hours. Well, yeah, it's but, you know. But either way, it's a good amount of time to spend on something. Yeah, Jesus, I mean, yeah, ten yeah. years makes sounds about right. <laughs> sounds right. I mean, it feels I mean, right. Even for me, yeah. I know rapping, and I, I felt like ten years was is a good kind of estimate of like what it sure. takes. Sure, yeah. and and you know, I'm still learning how to do it. You know, right. so so I'm not like I'm I'm not like a master at it by any means. But ten years in, I think you at least you know what you don't know at least right at the very least you know i, I yeah. found it interesting especially for you because you lived you've lived outside of the u.s far longer right yeah in your life yeah absolutely and and, and now you're like you know a lot of your stand-up stuff there's you know political things about mm-hmm. united states and and even on the daily show right yeah. like is that something you've kind of you, did you just grow up a lot on american culture in general yeah, yeah for sure i uh i grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire, from when I was three years old to seven years old. Yeah. So I left America when I was seven years old, because um, my 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 parents came to America as college students, right? Mature age college students. Mm-hmm. They came in their late thirties uh, with two kids, and, and both of them went to college. Yeah, they both came at the oh, same wow. time. That's wild. With yeah. two kids, and they they you know they got their masters. And they got their undergrad, and then they got their masters, and then they were good immigrants because we all left. Right, right. Like we didn't take anyone's jobs. We just yeah, came yeah, yeah. and then we went back to Malaysia. I, I mean that that is pretty. <laughs> that's a crazy hustle for immigrant yeah. uh, parents, but because your their yeah. parents, yeah. they're grinding and going to school. No, it was crazy. All at once. It was crazy. That's at, wild. Bro. At the time, I didn't think about it, and I didn't think we were poor. But right. then now I'm older. I was like, man, we were poor, man. Right, like, right, like, right. And and they hustled a lot because. They yeah they were working and taking care of two kids and studying. I can't do any of those three right. <laughs> any, like at, at once, much less all three I, at the same I, time. That's so true. Like yeah. I always think that a lot of the the new generations of yeah. Asians here, we hear so much about this like immigrant yeah. grind and struggle, yeah. and we forget like that we didn't do that yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're all like we came made something <laughs> out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, you didn't, yeah. motherfucker. Like your yeah. parents did. <laughs> like yeah. you didn't pretend to be immigrant. We can get into that in a bit. Uh, you can. You can if you want to talk about second gen versus first gen immigrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I I, I definitely think for the most part, you know, 
we are spoiled in general. You know, I'm not. We work hard, you know, but just the yeah. shit you compare yeah. to that first generation, yeah, yeah, first it's gen like out of control. You know, we're over here like it's out of control. Yeah, we want you know the Asian representation, which is important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. they were just like fuck. Like yeah. I gotta work, you know, fucking twelve hour days and shit. Yeah, I, but dude, you want to talk about this, man? That's it's interesting point because technically i'm a first generation immigrant right because i I wasn't born here i I came here on my own Mm -hmm. and i we've in the three years i've spent here i I noticed that uh the you know one of the biggest difference between first generation immigrants and second generation immigrants i think yourself your second gen obviously yeah yeah, you told me well actually i was born uh in argentina and i came here when i was three Oh, so that's a tough one. You might be first it's or tough, second. But I'm still pretty, f- like, first. I'm, I'm first. For, I mean, I'm second. Second. Very, very no, second. Not, yeah, very it's second. hard. To, well, yeah, yeah. well, let's just say a very clear first generation and second generation um, difference. Just like, just no, please. Do you edit these? Huh? Do you edit these or you just like play? Nah, not really. Unless you want something right. edited out, I'd no, do it. No, but no. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to go crazy. <laughs> I think, like, the first, first gen immigrants come to America or any country, but let's just say America. They come to America... Um, and they're not here to like we're not here to change the system mm. we're here because it's better we feel it's better than where we came from right so anytime first generation immigrants encounter a roadblock mm-hmm. in any whatever it's institutional systemic uh or even just some local bullshit right right they'll just like work around it to get what they want yeah so first gen immigrants are like yeah i'll just you know yeah, yeah. Where, where second generation immigrants i feel like they uh, definitely feel rightfully feel more entitled mm. to certain things because they go, yo, we're citizens here. Why right. can't we be president? You know, right. why can't I be president? Why can't a Korean guy be president? Why can't Asian guy be president? Right. If you told me, hey, Ron, you can come to America, you can be on TV, but you'll never be president. I'll be like, I don't care. Right. I'm a first, you know, that first gen immigrant mentality of like, I'm here because it's better. I just want to make shit happen. Right, right. So right. I, I don't spend, you know, as much time like. That first generation is just like, this is just the way shit is. And yeah. we're going to work, we're gonna we'll work around it, out. it. We'll work yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So within, I mean, obviously within limits. But yeah, I think that's that, that's, yeah. a, that's a key difference. I think between first generation and second generation immigrants. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, my, my parents, you know, they've been here for 20 plus years and they still don't, you know, speak great english mm-hmm. i think because especially in this town a korea town yeah. tons of asians here yeah. like we didn't i didn't grow up like the way you know people talk about these asian experiences in america like my town was filled with asians right. we walked around like we were the shit yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, like because yeah. there's i mean i've toured across the country and i remember doing shows in like wisconsin and yeah. an asian kid would come to the show and yeah. be like I'm the only Asian kid yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I needed this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's and and it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, it I interesting. I think it did help me a lot as an entertainer. Yeah. To kind of have that confidence. Yeah. You, you know, can tell. Yeah, and feel myself. You know what I mean? But it's just like yeah. it, it it's it's a privilege. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be in that environment. Yeah. That K Town L A. Yeah. Thing. You know, it's it, it. You can you can tell so much stuff came out of it. So much right. food. So much culture, so many, you know, so many actors, movies, musicians. Right, right. You know, who I guess they just were like, I'm just going to make stuff because no one told me I couldn't. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't feel like I can't make stuff. Just, what, yeah. what was your environment like? I knew you, So you grew up mainly where exactly? Uh, I grew up, so after New Hampshire, we moved back to Malaysia. So I was in Johor Bahru, Malaysia. And then we, I would go to school in Singapore. So I went, I was in Singapore for like 10 years. Right. And then I don't really differentiate between Malaysia and Singapore because mm. My my th- my hometown in Malaysia, Johor Bahru, is the border town right. to Singapore. Oh, okay. So it, so it's 
very it's similar. Ma- it's Manhattan, yeah. New Jersey. It's right, Oakland, right, right. San Fran. Yeah, it's a yeah, bridge. Yeah. We, I would wake up in Malaysia in the morning and then go to Singapore for school. Right, right. Like I cross, go to different countries for school. And um, so I don't really differentiate between the two. Uh, and then I went to Australia for law school. For and I, but, I so you went to school up to uh, college in Singapore. No, too, no, or? just high school. High school, yeah, high school. yeah. Law school in Australia as undergraduate. And was this already like you were just you know, cracking jokes in school? No, not like, really. Not really. No, really. I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was just um, like, it was yeah. Like, there was no interest in like necessarily comedy. It was just you were just being a high school kid there. Yeah, yeah. Just being. A, yeah. You know, uh, and then. Um, uh yeah, I was ten. I spent ten years in Australia, and then I moved here just four years ago. Damn! So you're going to law school and somehow yeah. transitioned into like the interest of comedy. Yeah, I was I was in law school, and my final final year of law school, I was doing like uh this five year double degree course in law. I was getting my law degree, and I was getting my my like commerce degree at the same time, like a degree in finance. I was doing both at the same time, and then um. At the at, towards the end, uh, my final year of it, I just started doing comedy. On <laughs> the final year, yeah, too. final year, I just started doing stand comedy. Like and an a- Asian parents' worst nightmare: <laughs> last year of law school. <laughs> and no, like, I finished law school. So oh, I, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you had the nice little card, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I got this shit done. I could do whatever the fuck I want. Kind now. of, yeah, kind of. And then I just uh, I I was getting more work from comedy than I was in law. Like I couldn't get a job. Right. Yeah, oh, so, that's interesting. So I just did com- like comedy. And you see, that's yeah. that's interesting because people have this perception like you're gonna starve if you just choose one path or the other. Or, yeah. Or one is easier than the other, but that's not true. I mean, re- everything is hard. Everything is hard. Yeah. I think everything is hard, and I think yeah, you're right. Every everything is hard, and uh, um, y- yeah, you'll you'll starve either way. <laughs> you yeah, might. As that's well. what I'm saying. Yeah, you might. As well yeah, I think Jim like. Carrey had like a really good commencement speech talking about his father who was like an electrician yeah and he wanted you know he was funny and he wanted to do comedy but he just kind of never took that chance on it but uh, jim was saying like he felt like uh yeah he kind of fucked up because he you know you can fuck up in anything you know he lost a job as an electrician and couldn't find work for years and stuff so it's like might as well have taken that chance yeah you know either way yeah and and i think um yeah, you know that that mentality, navigating uncertainty, I think is something that they don't really teach in school. Mm. It's up there with you know how to do your taxes and right. and like what is the stock market, like practical life skills. Like I think navigating uncertainty is something that um, I think people in the of all ages need, but especially if you're how would they how would they in your twenties school in your huh? early twenties? <laughs> no, just uh, yeah. honestly, just go look. I don't know how the formal formal curriculum, but it would right. be like like just explaining look at historically everyone who's done something that was uh not not low risk right don't even say high risk things let's just say things that want like the minimizing risk idea like start your own business or do whatever it was you know entertainment or and then you look at them and you see how their paths went and you'll see that it's like most people i think it's you you have no idea how the hell what's going to happen you you do your you do a first thing that mm. is nowhere near what you wanted to do, and then that thing opens the door to the next thing, opens the door to the next thing, opens the door to the next thing. Right. And then you look backwards and you're like, oh, that all that stuff linked up. But when you're on this side of the door, you 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 can't see any of that. Mm. You know, and just know knowing that oh, that's how you this is how you navigate right. the feeling of uncertainties, ups downs, ups downs. And then if you get your first, you make your own luck, and then you need. You need to be ready for opportunities right. when they come, so you're ready. You know stuff like that. Just, that that yeah. is true. I I feel like you know 
we get all these inspirational stories of people's journey or like on websites or quick little yeah. short form two minute videos with like emotional music yeah. behind it online. Yeah. But like at school, like you don't, <laughs> you don't hear any of no. this stuff of people in the last 10 years no. or whatever. Yeah. It's always like some hundreds of years sure. ago or sure. whatnot. Sure. So, yeah, you're right. That That's I think in the school system. It's, it's pretty broken in that way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's bigger problems in school systems, but I think navigating right. uncertainty is it feels like it's a, a, a large source of anxiety. Mm-hmm. At least it was a source of anxiety for me in college and when I was in university. It was like, what's going to happen? You know, right. everyone's get scared. Let's do the least amount of risk is let's go to this corporate job. It seems like the surest way to make right. a make a living, make a, dec- a good living. Wait, when you think about that, mm-hmm. like because you were prepared to kind of go into that world, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and was that something... I don't know how you felt about it in particular. Were you like kind of dreading it in a sense, or were you just kind of ready for it? I actually wasn't dreading it. You were, I was you were actually, kinda... yeah, I was like, I was actually looking forward to it. I actually got my, I actually had a dream job offer. I thought at the time with, um, in Malaysia. Yeah. So I, I couldn't get a job in Australia, but in Malaysia, go figure. Malaysia is what picking up the scraps. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they offered me this. It was this uh, technology consulting job at Accenture in Kuala Lumpur it was like it was at the time it was like oh fuck this is the dream job right you know consulting and technology and it's not like boring law yeah, stuff for the it's field fun. you're in that that would yeah. be considered oh, like oh, a dream job no no it's just my personal interest oh, oh your yeah, personal yeah. interest yeah. Okay, so cool. you know um not as boring as law it seems exciting and fun right. has to do with technology it's all you know consulting is always like a new it seems like it's exciting as far right. as corporate jobs go so I, I had to turn that job down that's the only clear kind of uh, turn down a corporate job or do comedy choice I had to make that was the only one that's a pretty big one man yeah it was but yeah. then also at the same time it, I think it's bigger if I was actually working in a job and had to quit because mm-hmm. that would mean yeah. income that was coming in I would have cut it off I, but, that, that's a good point I always share yeah. this thing of it was easier for me to kind of go into the entertainment industry because I didn't have a lot of shit going for me already yeah with nothing to lose yeah it's like you have a shitty job you can always go back to your shitty job yeah yeah you know but the more you climb up that corporate ladder like you have yeah. a lot to lose and yeah. it gets riskier and you get more comfortable with the money yeah. you're making and all that it's hard yeah. to quit that and by the way like in most corporate jobs you eat a ton of shit starting out so mm-hmm. you spend time eating shit why would you right. why would you quit when you're just getting over that part you know I yeah. mean you'll eat shit your whole time but you know, I mean, you eat the most shit when you're at the lower levels. Yeah. It's like investment banking, you know, like um, people are like, oh, work in investment banking for a few years and quit. And some people do, you mm. know, but some people are like, why would you quit right when you're starting to make the money? Like right. that's, you've been sacrificing for that. That's so, true. So yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you that, yeah, that yeah. we, we, we basically, I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, you. You can't argue. I probably had something to lose. I could have gone into law. Right, right. But <laughs> yeah. I really felt like I had nothing to lose because yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just do this. If it what, doesn't work what, out. What did that mean though? What, what did going into comedy mean? Just like, now nah, I'm just going to go do the clubs and yeah, is so that what that is? Or? It meant like, um, instead of finding proper work, which I had plenty of time to do, I would... Uh, I started out by doing one show a month in in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, and and keep in mind at this time I was still finishing up law school and getting and trying to pass the bar, so I was like kind of technically a student. Yeah, but I was starting to do gigs around Melbourne, and I was doing one a month, and I thought that was like, oh my god, one show a month was like I'm like almost professional at yeah, this yeah, level, yeah. like you know, right. oh my god, like I'm a professional comic. And then you get like one every two weeks mm. and then you start to get one a week and then maybe, you know, a uh, couple of times a week. Couple, but but in, in Australia, you can't really do more than 
One, well, yeah, it's a smaller scene. Smaller too, market, right? yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you're doing once one a week in Melbourne, Australia, you're killing it. That's right? like the regular. Yeah, yeah you're a regular. Yeah, yeah, you could do maybe two a week. I mean, the record you could do. I one time I tried to do. I tried to break the record in 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 Melbourne, Australia. You could probably do like, you could probably do like one every day, um, <laughs> but. But then you wouldn't be doing that the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're, the next week you won't be booked anymore. You'd be, you know. I, so. I always find like scenes interesting in different cities. Like yeah. in, in Seoul, Korea, it's yeah. like, and and that's there's like so many fucking rappers and musicians and shit. And like, they they probably they play like they're all getting booked for the same shit every week, oh, every weekend. Right. You know, so like they'll do tons of shows right. in one weekend and. All of them, they and they keep booking them, which is kind of wild. Like they keep booking them every week in that same city. Right. I think people just like just love that dose of inter- entertainers. Like Interesting. It, it's a big. It, it's a big uh, country on entertainment. It's just really important. Right. Big. You know, K-pop yeah, and yeah. all that shit is, is cool. huge out there. That's but, cool that they look inwards for that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. And they and there was a time for a long time where American entertain like they fly over American entertainers. You know, tons of money all the time. But now they're just like, oh, we don't we don't need, need it anymore. Yeah. yeah that's cool yeah and yeah so i was doing open mics trying to figure out you know and melbourne's open mic scene is pretty decent i have to say yeah compared to new york's open mic scene which is pretty pretty brutal right um so it's pretty decent scene pretty supportive and in melbourne australia there's a melbourne comedy festival it's a huge festival it lasts for one month and everyone in australia kind of builds up to that festival right for for better or for worse it kind of kind of takes over our lives it's the final culmination of yeah. Like, yeah yeah so in australia we're trained to um within two or three years of doing stand-up comedy you're supposed to do like one hour every year so mm. we come from that culture of like you do a one-hour show every year at this festival for one month every day oh, one wow. hour every day holy shit so um you know i would build up towards that i mean i started off doing um five minutes ten minutes you know i got invited to a festival to perform 10 minutes or 15 right. And then in, by my third year, my third year was when I had my first hour. So I did my first hour in 2012. Oh, and that, sure. that, that's kind of how you build it. But there's no you know, answers. I, I know you're asking how the, how, what's, the, what's the scene like. Yeah, it, I guess it's kind of like that. It's very friendly. It's yeah. not, there's not look that, like there's maybe at the time there was two comedy clubs in Melbourne, Australia, which is, I guess, a lot. And uh, a lot of small little bar rooms. Right. Yeah. And, and then you eventually moved. But I guess what I want to say is I contrast like New York where it's like. Yeah. 20 shows a night yeah yeah you know, going on you can get so much you can get stage time some of them bad stage time so right like, and, and yeah in new, uh, new york you know just the, the audience is different even from to la yeah yeah you know so, um yeah. What, what's so after the scene out there you eventually moved out here is that what happened or no i got hired on the daily show i moved out here for a daily it's show for directly for them and you auditioned out there or what so what happened was i, I was doing okay in australia so yeah. In Australia, I, I guess I was kind of like the Hannibal Buress. Um, not, you know, I'm not as good as Hannibal, but like I'm just saying in terms of the following. Right. I was doing my own theaters. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any TV. Right. Because it's hard to get TV in Australia, uh, especially for voices like me and like um, uh, my generation of well, people who are comics from my generation. We all did it without TV because we couldn't get on. Right. And it, kind of helped us a bit because you know stand-up is supposed to be a little subversive mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like a little bit alternative it's right. supposed to be like it has an underground thing to yeah. it yeah yeah and so when you're not on tv the, and people hear about you the only way you can watch you is watch you live right so you would you know build a following that way so i kind of made uh i decreased supply increased demand 
uh, well, I benefited from incre- increased demand. Uh, and then uh, I was selling out theaters and stuff. So I was doing okay in Australia. And um, and then I, I did a show with Trevor at Montreal at Just for Laughs in Canada in 2013. I did a show together with him at the Eddie Izzard Gala. And then uh, two years later, I you, I I had a good set. We talked a little bit, but we didn't really yeah. exchange numbers. I need numbers or anything. And then two years later, I get this email asking me to audition for a Daily Show. So that's tight. I auditioned for it, and uh, you know I suspected he was the one who pushed for me. And yeah, I mean a year later, like right. I confirmed from his like experience with you or whatnot. Yeah, he and wanted he wanted to he wanted someone to represent uh, Asian people on right. the show. Because he felt it was like this huge population of people that's right. underrepresented. He didn't have to do that, you know. He could have gotten his friend, mm. who he's closer with, or his um, who who uh, he. I'm sure he has closer friends who are much funnier than me. But he's like, no man, we'll get. We, I need an Asian dude on the right, right, Asian right. person on the show, and I'm lucky to have been the person. Was this show. like a self tape situation? Or? Yeah, so I self taped, and then I flew down. I had to write my own segment, and then I did performed. My own segment. Your and then segment I, like uh, like a piece, like yeah. a journalistic piece. No, like a daily show segment. Oh, so okay, they're like, okay, hey, yeah, here's yeah. a topic right about this, uh, the way we do on the show. That, that's amazing. Yeah, and then the, uh, then they gave me a piece which was already written uh, yeah. to, to just perform. Oh, that's amazing. So, well, what was your segment about? Like, I think it was about how Facebook is making everyone like stupid oh right 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 yeah, I think I that. saw like a bit you did on yeah, it yeah yeah Facebook's making people so fucking stupid um when people argue about politics like you're gonna change someone's mind right right through the Socratic method um and uh then I I flew to New York to do a in studio audition with him yeah and then uh, yeah got the, the great thing is like a lot of the, the comedians who are like correspondents on the daily show like yeah. They carry them. They they carry themselves like they could be a news oh. anchor or journal. Like was that your first time kind of switching into that yeah, mode yeah, a absolutely. little bit? Is I don't come from that. I don't right. come from politics at all. Like right, right. I I follow U.S. politics a lot. To answer your first question at the yeah. start of the podcast, like I've always followed American politics. I've always watched the West Wing. You know all that. So stuff that is that my was jam. one thing. That's that my was, world. Yeah. So that that helped yes. you get into this. That I was I was always yeah. curious about everybody on that show like yeah. if that's something that they're into you know yeah yeah i mean i i can see how a correspondent might not be necessarily into that right. but i think you join the show and if you join it and you love it and you respect it like i've always loved the daily show mm-hmm. but Same. i never thought of being on it other than in a selfish show busy way like i want to be on tv but like getting but, interviewed or something yeah, yeah oh no as in being part of the show oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like career wise i always oh man it'd be awesome to be on but i never like uh aspired to this is my ultimate goal so because i never thought i was like a strong uh, at satire like political satire right. that's not my forte so um when they asked me on the show but because i have so much love for the show i respect it when i got there i you can't help but be influenced by right. you know these uh, how they the, the show and all these people who've been there for you know literally 20 15 years doing right. this stuff they're they're the pioneers they created american satire right and and it so you get influenced by that and then you become more political you start to understand how to write jokes better you know mm. write write jokes with meaning right write jokes that you know speak that, to that, that is so. true too as i feel yeah. like as i get older yeah. and my relationship with art changes yeah you know now it's like i want to do meaningful exactly 
Exactly, you know, same, same. That comes with, you know, same. getting older and, and having a respect sure. for things exactly. you want to say and the responsibility you yeah. might hold as well. Yeah, I don't know about rapping, but I feel like with comedy, you, you know, you, you try to get a, a point of view, mm -hmm. a very clear point of view that only you can express. Right. And so people want to come in here, your unique point of view. So, and then you mature as well, you know. And so, yeah, like what you just said. Yeah. So, so one of the key things at Daily Show is like, you know, when I started comedy, it was like, just make these fucking people laugh right. right what will what do i need to say to make these fucking people laugh and then we start working at a daily show and um you know one of the main things is like well what are we trying to say with right. this joke yeah what are we trying to say what does this joke say what are we trying to say like what is the ultimate thing that people are going to get away from this what, what are we making fun of you know that kind of stuff so then it starts influencing you and right and i was in a weird zone in my comedy at that time as well i was like already i could feel it kind of changing like I could feel it maturing mm -hmm. where it wasn't there yet. And uh, joining the show was like this perfect kind of like, uh, oh, finding a voice and finding a next level of performing and being well, surrounded by these people. I, okay, so the going into this, uh, your role on The Daily Show, and you yeah. know, I, I've seen your reports. I, I love yeah. it. I think it's so great that like there are there's perfect moments to have an Asian correspondent for these segments. Oh. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, the, okay, the, um, <laughs> I mean, are, are, with with the actual Canada's coming up, are you are you like Yang Gang? Is that oh? Are you actually? Or I mean, you don't have to share your political. No, dude, I'm I'm the Yang Gang just because I think it's awesome to see this Asian guy. Right. I mean, as long as he's not a like he's not like a Nazi, I think. Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, dude. This so that ass when you were doing that segment, you were just like. Like it was for real. Like, oh yeah, you're there's something about you. You're this Asian dude. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna rock with no, you. No, that's like, a running joke in the show. Right, is right, that every right. time I interview an Asian man, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the show, they're every like, interview I do, right, we right. open it with, I don't know, is this something, something about this guy? <laughs> yeah. So I've done like four interviews yeah, where yeah. there's an Asian dude. Yeah. And every time we open a piece of like, there's just something about this guy that makes me trust mm -hmm. him. Right, right. And um, uh, what I did, Andrew Yang. What was cool is he brought me on board because just like most people hearing his ideas you think it's a fringe mm -hmm. idea and it is a fringe idea but his thing is he goes one of his main things is that that um the way the system is set up now it's humans supporting the system all the people in america are working to support the system and he says we should have a system that works for the people mm. and so he's he, he's trying to do that paradigm shift and one of the ways he's trying to do that paradigm shift is he's saying that our america is so advanced in innovation where america's a leader in innovation right one of the things we're leading is technology and ai and automation so we are pushing it you know in america we're like the forefront of all this stuff where uh technology meets capitalism mm -hmm. but now that benefits is coming down to the workers. In fact, right. it's hurting them. It's, we're losing, uh, you know, we're jobs. It's like we're month. creating a monster. Yeah. yeah. So he's saying that we should flip that. And one of the ways he's flipping that is by giving universal basic income. Right. He's saying that we should all benefit from the benefits of automation. That you know, uh, that's enabling Amazon and Google and um, um, to uh, amass these profits through automation. So he's suggesting this radical paradigm shift, which you go universal basic income, which is it's not even that radical an idea to be honest, but that's the logic behind it. Mm -hmm. so he's trying to shift it so that the system supports the people, right? As opposed to the other way around. Um, and so I, you know, I, I, he's very, he's logical. He's a very good speaker. Right. Very, you know, I think he's charismatic. He's got good ideas. He's got the outsider because he's coming from uh, a tech startup background. Right. 
So I, I really, I really like. It. I also like the fact that he's an Asian guy. Right. Like what the fuck? Like he's an Asian I mean, guy I, doing I, that. I, like, to I'm, be honest, I'm, yeah. I, ne- I, I did not even see that shit coming. What do you mean? Him as a can- like an Asian dude as a candidate. I didn't oh, yeah. see it coming. Like, we, I don't think a lot of us did, right? We like, were all like, "There's no way. We've right. never seen that before." So isn't yeah. that cool to be like, "Yeah, this guy's for- yeah. Why not? He he's not a crazy person. Yeah. He sounds legit. He sounds like he's a he's a rational." Yeah, I mean, it's like eventually we would have seen it come, but I did not think it was gonna come like this election. You know, yeah, Some, yeah. this dude from like so I've never even heard of the dude before sure. before sure, this. Sure. You know, but. Sure. Yeah, and now like I got all the homies, not even Asian, that's coming yeah, up yeah, to yeah. me like, yeah, Yang Gang. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a new SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. Like, Yang Gang. <laughs> like, like uh, Jeremy Lin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jeremy Lin. Like when Jeremy Lin was an NBA, it was like, you know, it's like, oh my god, like right. this Asian dude Lin-sanity. in the NBA. Yeah, 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 like that feeling. So I, I, you know, I don't know if Yang Gang is quite the because I think he does a good job of appealing to all races. Yeah. He's not like you know, he he doesn't just do the Asian thing. No, it like, has. I mean, a lot of the people who's really shared these ideas are non-Asian, are non-Asian, yeah. and they want to talk to me about it because yeah. I'm Asian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah. what do you think about Yang Gang? That's like when like. Yeah. A uh, size Gangnam Style came out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on Gangnam exactly, Style? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so I guess he can't be worse than anyone else running. Uh, it's my opinion, and um, I just like seeing an Asian dude running, and uh, that's because I'm not an American citizen. I can't vote, and I'm a com- comedian. Right. So my priorities are that's completely true. different. My thing is like, I just think this thing is cool. That, that's a good. That's an interesting thing you just said. As a uh, person not from this country, yeah. Like, do you think it's helped your kind of perspective on American politics and and you know especially as so. as entertain like you yeah. using it in entertainment? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're, we're stand up comics, man. We'll hear the poke. We'll right. hear the poke the 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 tiger. Yeah, and we're it's observational. It's ob- yeah. observing it, and it's. You ha- and the more yeah. you can get outside of that bubble, yeah. I think it's better, right? Yeah, we make fun of institutions. We're right. here to, we're here to poke fun at um, everything, you know. And so my attitude going in is like, I'm poking. Like we do satire, man. Mm-hmm. Satire is supposed like people are gonna get angry. We're making fun of people who we you know we think is are wrong. Right. So people who are wrong are gonna get angry. I, I, like th- it's not propaganda. We're not. It's not. We're not doing puff pieces here. We're doing satire, man, and we're comics. Right. You know, we come out to we come out swinging. Like, what's it's a subversive art form. So that's how I feel about it, anyway. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I saw this. Uh, uh, I think a bit. I was I was like researching before I did this interview a little bit, and mm-hmm. I saw um, this this uh, a bit you were doing in Switzerland or something. Oh. <laughs> and that crowd looked fucking rough, bro. Am I tripping? Like, they, oh, they they just seem like kind of like a tough like a tough crowd in a way oh they were because they want english speaking i was doing comedy in english it was in montreux right, right. switzerland yeah. That, yeah and they they was that what that, what that was yeah, like the, montreux, the language thing like or uh what? maybe i sucked i don't know no maybe no i, I thought yeah. it was great no i thought it was great i was actually just surprised with the like i don't know if it, i just i didn't feel like the crowd was like oh. laughing as hard as they shit on that oh one. maybe i just sucked it i don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but it was i mean i don't i don't want to blame I, I never want to blame the no, crowd no no no, no 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 yeah. so i but i mean it was montreux Switzerland right, so, right I mean right. that was and I, was, I think I was talking about uh, Trump yeah I was talking about Trump in Switzerland so I mean yeah literally the neutral country they're not gonna take that hat either way they're like mm, this is funny or not funny I don't know that, that I always found it interesting that like one of the biggest comedy festivals are in Montreal Montreal you know? yeah 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 I don't know like I don't know how that came about but it's very European so that right. makes sense like comedy festivals are not an American thing comedy mm. festivals are very British 
European style. That's true. There's Australia, more. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then like in the last couple, like more in the last couple years, there's been a lot more. Yeah. Right. Like oddball. All yeah. That but America, the way Americans do comedy festivals is totally different. The way we do comedy festivals in Australia and the UK is it's month a month long. Everyone does one hour every night for one month. Mm. And then you spend. Have you Edinburgh Fringe, which yeah, I've done. Yeah, I, I three, know of it. Yeah. Three or four times I've done it now. It's like marathon. You wake up. You flyer to get people to come to your show. You watch other people's shows. You perform your own show. You go watch other people's shows. You go perform other spots around town. You end up at the artist bar drinking right. until about four a.m. You go to sleep and then you wake up the next day. You know, and Groundhog That's Day, wild. and for thirty days, Groundhog Jesus Day. Jesus People, Christ. people, it, yeah. It's you know, people break. And the first year you go, you don't know, and you don't know how to deal with it, and you just go crazy, and then you lose your mind. And then second, you come back. Hopefully, you understand the importance of mental health and right. taking care of yourself and going for a walk on uh, Arthur's seat. It's hard when you're working like that to to even at a moment feel like, oh, I'm I'm gonna try to get go out there and get inspired by watching all these yeah, people. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Because at that point, you still gotta like be like, do I gotta get through the next day. Yeah, yeah. And, but then do this again yeah. and again for fucking thirty yeah. days. High pressure. You know, it's a lot of com- competing acts. So my point is like, that's how we do it outside of America. I always admired how America was like with comedy. They're always like ten minutes. Mm. Ten minutes. Have your killer ten. So right. you go to Just for Last Montreal with the American comics, and that ten minutes was like world class they've been doing it for like three years right you know every night we've been killing this thing and we would do it we would be bringing like the best 10 minutes from our one hour so sometimes it wouldn't be as tight or whatever maybe references weren't right for america we come to montreal and be like you know it'd be like uh the jamaican bobsled team right right (laughs) in the olympics like trying to compete with them but it was good like it pushed us to be better did you know uh the other comedians on crazy rich before the movie uh I knew of Nora. I met her first day. It was just me and her. Uh, and yeah, oh, she's first awesome. scene, like shooting. No, no, not even first scene. We were there before anyone. Oh, right, right, right. And she was just hanging. I think she was doing pre-production. Maybe she filmed one scene or something. Right. And I got there, and it was just the two of us. And so we we were hanging just out. K- yeah. And KL's kind of like it's not my city. KL's not my city, but I know it. I've toured there before. Right, right. And so we were like, I was trying to bring her out. Mm. Yeah, 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 you know Nora. It's just yeah. Crazy. yeah, Nora's the, <laughs> Nora's the best. I love Nora. Yeah, and um, and so we we're hanging out and all that. But uh, I knew all of her. I never actually met her. And then uh, I knew, like Ken Jong and and I knew like all of Ken. I never met. I never met any never of them. Met. Okay. The only one I knew, uh, the only one I met well, briefly was Chris, because mm-hmm. we're all Australia. Oh right, yeah. right. So he's the only one. But other than that, we all met on set on on the project. That's yeah. amazing, bro. And there, I mean, there's so many good just stand ups there, like with you and Jimmy yeah, O yeah. Yang yeah. And, and Nico, Ken. yeah, Nico, Nico, Ken. Nico, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, Nico, yeah, Ken. that's Nora, like, world class. Yeah, that's. I mean, just y'all could literally do a fucking stand up special. Oh yeah, yeah, you did right yeah, in we L.A. Did a show. Yeah, we I did couldn't a, make that, but I heard it was amazing. Yeah, we did. We a crazy Asian stand up show, and I mean, I don't want, dude. I mean, you, you don't. T- I, honestly, I, I don't like to pat myself on the back of this stuff, but honestly, that the comedic talent on that thing, we would go and it would be like, you know, John Chu would just, sometimes he would just, just go for it. Right. Just go for it right now because we have a single locked off. Just whatever, just, you know, yeah, improvise the whole thing. And then amazing. we just go, you know, Nora was improvising. Right. Sometimes we would go and rewrite the script. Like, so there was a lot of like comedic improvising on set and stuff. That, yeah. that, that, and that's amazing because like you wouldn't normally get an opportunity to 
when you're bring first these movie. like oh, yeah. Avengers of fucking Asian comedic talent. Sure, like I mean I don't you know I don't want to call ourselves the Avengers of it. Yeah, like, yeah, what be all, yeah. But but I we, mean there's OGs in the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying it's like there's not a lot of opportunity yeah. to get Asian comedic talent. All like multiple no, cats yeah, doing like, it. Like those guys had serious chops. All these guys: Ken, Nico, Jim. Uh, Nora, uh, you know, serious no, comedy chops with the timing, and we, you know, we Nora were, was telling me when she was at the uh, the comedy show yeah. where you guys were playing back to back. Like she said, that shit was incredible. Like she really came out. Like she was like, yeah, Dude. she's awesome. She was blown away by that. Like oh, just yeah. watching all of you guys back to back. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, and then ending with like I think Ken finished the show or yeah, something, Ken and he just it. like blew yeah. it up the roof. Yeah. It was, it was, he said it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was great, and. We, yo, that's what we do every night. Like, well, every night we, we try to go out, you know, I'm, I'm running around New York City just trying to hit that, just trying to get better at it and write new material. Um, so it's fun to be able to showcase that. And it's interesting bringing those skill sets into a feature film and right. try to make it a completely different medium. And you're hanging out with people who are legit world-class actors and com- comedians. Right. You know, and you have to, like, you have that roll of the punches with them and, like, you know, like Nora's like you gotta keep up Nora. Like you know, right, she's right, right. she's kill, you know, every line she's killing it. it you know, it's crazy because like I, I've been seeing more of these like Asian comedy showcases. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's yeah, like I, I, I mean so. I I've really that's like I, I there was a lot you know in Los Angeles especially because there's a shitload of Asians here. It's uh-huh. not like really that rare for Asians yeah. doing like things showcases and shit. Yeah. But like I'm going to one tonight. Oh yeah, Asian comedians. Oh, what is it? It's called Crazy Woke Asians, actually. Oh, that's fun. Which is hilarious because I didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. it's off of Crazy Rich Asians, but um, there's should, like maybe I should go to that if you want to roll. There's yeah. eight, literally eight, um, Asian comedians on it. It's an hour and a half show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This brings us to another interesting point. I don't know if you want to discuss it, but what? but I haven't been in America, so I don't know if there's more now. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I have nothing to compare it to, right, but right, I've definitely right. seen a lot. Yeah, 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 the yeah. showcase. Yeah, you, they they didn't really have that out there, huh? did they? Like the a, all Asian kind of showcases. No, because I was it was me and two other guys oh, in so Australia. You guys yeah. were the only. Yeah, Asian we one. were the showcase. Like three, I think it was M- M- Michael Hing at that time. There was uh, Jason Chong. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, there wasn't a lot. Like it was just that's so you know, it's so interesting that that that's why the Asian history is being like written so like now. You know, like you mm-hmm. have. 30 year olds who are OGs in this (laughs) in the industry because I mean there's of course the OG Mount Rushmore yeah yeah. they're almost like the ancestors yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like like, pray pray, burn the incense yeah exactly exactly. come in a comedy club they're like Uh, dude I'm only 45 uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) but for real I feel like that too like I'm in my early 30s but even when I was coming up there was like I was one of few Asians doing it because you you and it's conceded to say but because you are because and you are, there was a OG, yeah, for sure. And you're and, setting the tone, and then the few people above me, it yeah. was like they were yeah. old, old yeah. OGs, yeah. you know. And did you, yeah? And did you start out doing like, were you? This is an honest question. Not this isn't loaded. Um, are you? Were you? Did you start to? You just wanted to be a rapper. You didn't care about the Asian shit, or no, no. I, I mean, no, no, not at all. I. That's a funny thing because you you become an Asian entertainer, and right. and when you do interviews and stuff, they talk about the Asian American like representation and yeah. all that. Yeah. But no, I wanted to get girls when I started right. rapping. Right. You know, I was, I was <laughs> fucking fourteen years right, old. Right, 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 right. I just wanted to you know go to house parties and press girls, get right. free drinks. Right, right, right. You know, hey. 
and like it, <laughs> and it worked you yeah. know i was a nerdy like skinny dude with braces and right, shit right, right. but when i was freestyling people were like damn you were good right, you know right, right and then um but it mixed in because i i was really into comedy too so oh, okay. when i got it i got I got really known in the battle rap world, which was kind of mixing uh, in both. killer. Yeah, so I got to mix in both. That's like awesome. Roasting somebody. That's awesome. And in rhyme form. That's so awesome. it was like the perfect thing for me. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. You don't go into, you don't become an ambitious, like, young person being like, I'm going to put Asians on the map. Like, that's not yeah. the main thing. Yeah, First, yeah. you just love doing it. Yeah. You love, you get obsessed with the craft. Yeah, yeah. And I think the meaning kind of just comes later, the, yeah. the more deeper meaning of why you do it and yeah. you, you caring about certain causes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't jump into the shit caring about shit. Yeah. I was just a kid, Same. you know? Yeah. yeah. But um, And so it's interesting, you know, you do shows and, like, I didn't come up through Asian shows. So you had to come out and... Exactly. You just yeah, had yeah. to kill it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Same, same. What, and yeah. that's when, yeah, you're... You that's where real tests comes from, you know, because yeah, yeah. there's that's not a comfort zone. Yeah, out of your comfort zone, surrounded yeah. by people who want you know, who are not invested in your outcome. Oh yeah, and you gotta come out and you know you have to you have to nail it. Yeah, that's a good point because the more the the if it's Asian show kids whatever, there's more support there. Than that's you fair to get say. That. I think that's fair yeah, to say. Right? That's fair to say for yeah. sure. There's more yeah. support there. I mean, that's great. We yeah. need the support too. Yeah. But um, the other places they want to see you kind of like fuck up. Like well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, well, let's just say. I, even if they don't want to see you fuck up, it, that like if you do fuck up, there's zero tolerance. Oh, you're right for that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I will agree with that. Like yeah. soon as you slipped, they're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. checking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. I mean, and it, so it's interesting. Like you come up through that, and then you still, uh, like one one thing I found interesting about the Asian American culture. It's so many issues to uh, unpack. You know, like one thing is like like how they uh, i feel like a asian american culture like is it uh, the the story of asian americans in america are they tr the, the what they're trying to push is it promoting asian culture in america or, or are they trying to say we're not asian we're american stop calling us asian right and right. those are two contradicting mm -hmm. philosophies right true and you and you know it's always a if you try to do one thing, you you screw it away. Right. If you try to push Asian culture, you're like, why you always gotta be Asian? Mm. Why can't you just be American? Right. I'm talking from the Asian people, not even yeah, the white I people. Yeah, yeah. And then if you go the other way, you're like, yo, why are you not talking about Asian shit? You're just talking about all this white like. That's true. You know. So yeah, this is interesting battle going. Yeah, on. I, I've definitely. I remember I used to hate like when I was younger. Yeah. I used to. Be, I hate being labeled an Asian rapper. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people go through that. They're like, I, I want to be respected as a rapper, yeah. not just an Asian yeah, rapper. But yeah. you get older, and you also kind of have this realization: like, you can't run away from that. Yeah, yeah. Like when you hop, when I hop on stage, the first thing motherfuckers gonna think like. Look at those Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like yeah, you know, yeah. especially in hip hop, you know, yeah. where there isn't many, they're gonna see that. Yeah, and you can try as hard as you want yeah. to get away from that, yeah. but you're you're not. So now I almost kind of, I go kind of straight head on to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like I'm an Asian rapper. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you're I more kinda, secure of yourself as I'm well. Very secure, and, and so, I I like repping, and yeah. I, I'm proud of that. I yeah. I think it's because nobody really likes to see person of any race or mm -hmm. any background not proud of that mm -hmm. when you're whether you're black yeah. latino whatever yeah that, that's like you can't respect that absolutely i feel that you know what i mean absolutely yeah um and also i mean like i it, it's interesting like even the even the asian american culture i feel like like calling it asian american is such 
it's just like oversimplification mm. of this huge diaspora that like it created a strong voting block and like a right. kind of rallying ba- ba- banner asian american right, right right but man you know as much as i do the amount of factions that mm-hmm. you're trying to unite under one banner right, right, right. is the permutations are almost infinite. You're talking Koreans, Japanese, Thais, Burmese, Malaysians, Indonesians, Filipinos. Then you got Chinese Filipinos, Chinese Malaysians, Chinese Indonesians. And, and the thing is, people don't understand the relationships they have with each other. Oh, yo, because good. motherfuckers are like, we're more racist with each other yeah. than the people from the outside. Yeah. You'll have like a Chinese and Korean dude like shitting on each yeah. other and people outside are like, what are yeah. they arguing about? Like, right. you know, they don't exactly. even realize how racist they're going at exactly. each other. It's then wild. You got, you got, don't, I mean, just in China alone, the different dialect groups already don't like each other. Right. Then you got Hong Kong, you know, Taiwan. Um, and then you have all of that, but the American version of that, the American Japanese, American Koreans, American right. Thais, American Thai Chinese, American Filipino Chinese. So, which are like, you know, and you know as well, the American Koreans are different to the Korean Koreans. Oh, yeah. And American Chinese Filipinos are different to the Chinese Filipinos. So, I'm talking about you're trying to unite all these people under one thing. And, you know, we just go. That That is the, I, I do find that really funny with all the Asian representation happening in Hollywood. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. not everyone relates to anybody. Like, it could yeah. be a Chinese dude on screen. Yeah. Doesn't mean, like, a Korean dude is, like, rooting for him necessarily. Yeah. Or the opposite yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. That's the fucking most funny yeah. thing about that yeah, situation. But we just, yeah. Because it's too complicated. It is complicated. To, it, to try to figure it out. So, right. it's just like, whatever. Just Asian. Just go. Right. <laughs> let's let's run with it. We're going to yeah. do it. And that that was cool about the movie. People got behind it. You That's know? true. That movie, I will say, people did. People got behind of, it. Yeah. Like everybody was like, "We're rocking with it." Yeah. No matter what type of Asian yeah. you are, we're gonna. People you know, got behind it, and yeah. I'm, you know, we're, yeah, we're very lucky that they did, and that it spoke to enough people. And what I love about the movie also is that it it doesn't overexplain right. anything. They don't try to explain. Like if we made that movie ten years ago, there would be. You know, two minutes explaining what dumplings are. Right. They'd be like, "Oh, it's dumplings right. we made for thousands of years. That's we so made, we fold it in the thing, <laughs> and then we boil it, and then we eat it." That's so. Funny. It's like just make it. We yeah, know what that is. Just make it's it. It's so unnatural when you're explaining. Yeah, it in the we don't bo- explain. Don't we don't ex- we don't even explain the mahjong scene. Right. We do the mahjong scene. Go figure it out. That's hilarious. And you get the emotion that's happening and the the specifics. Go Google it. Like figure it out. Like and that's like, true. I, I didn't even think about you this know, whole part. Yeah. Yeah. We don't explain stuff. Yeah. There's an Asian dude. You know. And he. Yeah. He works in fine. There's this guy. He. You know. He. He's kissing a girl. Yeah. Right. Just whatever. You know. Like we don't explain. Don't. Don't explain shit. The only thing we explained was like, you know, stuff to the story, like the family. Yeah. But everyone gets behind family dynamics. But so. even the whole rich part of yeah. like how people are rich in it, you cut, don't, there's not much yeah. explanation in there. Yeah, you only, ex- we know, we like, get Like motherfuckers it. are rich. Yeah. So <laughs> how come, how come these people, but they're from Asia, aren't they poor? Right, right. We don't need to explain that. We yeah. get it. So just move on. So I, I like that it didn't explain anything, yeah. bit, you know? Well, uh, Ronnie, yeah. thank you for coming on the show. I'm I appreciate problem, you. Love I you, appreciate man. your comedy. <laughs> I I mean I I love everybody you know a lot of the cast I know too on yeah. Crazy Rich and I love everybody they're yeah. they're great um and you guys are all hilarious and killing it in your own fucking journey Working. right yeah. now yeah we're trying to make it work yeah man Asians are killing in Hollywood but the Asians on that movie are killing it extra hard in <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> thanks thanks for your support you know it's nice that yeah people get behind it and they you know like we were the lucky few chosen out right. of a lot of talented people yeah. you know and it's nice that people uh w- w- 
like are so encouraging with it you know and i'm dropping that this on wednesday so and sure. you're just about to go on tour yeah so yeah. why don't you plug that like oh i'm on tour in australia you get australia listening yeah yeah definitely oh okay so, like there's so. a strong asian kind of really internet presence from australia there is but you know what i mean yeah they're different to asian americans man asian australians yeah all the hot girls i follow on instagram are from australia <laughs> <laughs> the hot asian ones they're from there for some for reason. real yeah i don't know why i, I don't know, know. i've I never think... been to i'd love to go <laughs> um ronnie yeah, chang thanks man oh i'm on tour uh, yeah uh, uh auckland uh sydney melbourne canberra next uh the first week of july uh check my website thanks for coming on the show tune in next week for another episode Yee.